Good morning. Um, I would say it's a pleasure to be here, but it's a bit nerve-wracking. <laughs> um, I've spent a number of weeks prepping this message. I don't know how Paul manages to do it every week because it's taken me a long time. Um, on. For those of you who don't know me, and I, I'm pretty sure you all know me, but I'll, I'll, go, I'll go over it anyway. I'm Rachel, and I've, I've been part of Waterside Family Church since it was newly planted, which I believe is just over 10 years? 12. 12. I, was, I was frantically trying to work it out. Um, so, yeah, so 12 years. And um, it's been a fantastic journey, actually. Um, I think everybody would agree with that. Um, <clears throat> I will try not to say um too much. <laughs> but that might be a bit of a struggle. So when um, Pastor Wendy asked if I would um, <laughs> share a message, I straight away said, yes, that would be amazing, because that was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if I'd waited for my human self to pop in, I'd have said, I couldn't possibly do that, but thank you anyway. <laughs> Sometimes the Holy Spirit doesn't give us chance, um, does he? Um, anyway, when um, I said yes, um, the Holy Spirit laid on my heart straight away what he wanted me to talk about today, and that is pain and suffering. Uh, not, not a very light subject, and... Um, Hopefully, I won't, I won't make it too boring or too painful. Uh, when I, so I wrote initially and uh, started to do a little practice session in front of my daughter, Eleanor, who is 26 and an absolute joy. And she said, Mum, <laughs> who are you pretending to be? I was like, oh, okay, because I'd kind of thought, this is how you do a preach. I listened to a few preaches, and I thought, this is the way you do a preach. So I started, and I was like, da, 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 da. she went, mum, stop it. They don't want to hear somebody else. They want to hear you. So, <laughs> uh, I threw that lot in the bin, and started again. Um, pain and suffering I've chosen this because A, the Holy Spirit said this is definitely what you need to speak about because you know it I've lived it um, but also because it's relevant to every single person here every single person who isn't here but every single person on earth will go through times of pain and suffering it doesn't matter whether you are Pastor Andy, head of Family Church. It doesn't matter if you're the head of um, the Assemblies of God Church. It doesn't matter if you're little Callie, bless her little heart. Can't bear it, can you, when you think of your kids going through pain and suffering. But we all will and we all do. So it's, it's kind of good to be prepared. Um, on how you tackle that. Um, years ago, 
Um, I thought that there were degrees of Christian. So you had your, your, your kind of basic Christians like me, and then you had your Christians like Pastor Paul and Wendy. And I thought you had degrees, and I thought you kind of all earned different blessings and, and gifts and things. Um, so when I first became a Christian again, I was 35, and when I was 30, I was diagnosed with hypermobility syndrome and fibromyalgia. Basically, everything hurt from the neck down. So at 30, uh, the consultant said to me, in my opinion, Mrs. Arnold, you will never work again. And you will live your life, for the rest of your life, in pain, unable to do anything. So I went out and started eating. <laughs> I ate a lot. <laughs> I discovered comfort food in a way that I had never discovered before. And I put on five and a half stone in a year. <laughs> so now, not only was I in pain, I was fat. Which in turn caused more pain. And that went on, and then at 35, I became a Christian again. Um, that is another, a story for another day. Um, but I kind of thought that I hadn't been a great person, really, up to then. I'd become a Christian as a teenager and then walked away. And I kind of thought I deserved the pain and suffering I was going through because I wasn't like one of those Christians that deserved better, that got blessed all over the place. We've had lots of people, um, visitors, come and speak about the blessings of God. And um, I always remember an Australian guy who came, and I thought, oh, I wish I was like him. Oh, I wish I, I, wish I could have those blessings for my family, but they're not really for me because I don't deserve them. You know, you, I believe that you caused your own pain and suffering from sins that you did, and, and that can absolutely be the case. Um, but um, I've lost my place. Sorry. Um, da, 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 da. So, yes, it can be the case that, you know, the sin that we do can cause um, pain and suffering. But it's not always the case. I'm going to go straight back to the beginning because I've missed out the dictionary definitions of pain and suffering. And these are really important. So the dictionary def definition of the word pain is physical, mental, or emotional suffering. And the dictionary definition of the word suffering is to endure hardship or experience loss. And Jesus himself told us that we would have troubles in John. Dan's on it. <laughs> John 16.33, he said, I have told you these things so that in me, slow down, you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. 
Now, the different types of pain, physical pain, is obvious, isn't it? Um, emotional pain can be a whole myriad of things. Spiritual pain, I think we all, I, I think we all go through periods of spiritual pain when we feel distanced from God. Um, and that's not because God has distanced himself from us. That's because we've distanced our, ourselves from him. Um, mental health is is a big thing. Now, in my 20s, I, I suffered really quite severely bad mental health, and I spent a month in a psychiatric hospital, which was fun. Um, and I thought, why am I here? As I'm pulling my own hair out. <laughs> I was very poorly. And I had these episodes of depression from being a teenager all the way through until, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I would have said 40-ish. Um, and if anybody's ever suffered with depression, you'll know that it is a big black hole that just wants to eat you. It wants to consume you, um, and it wants to take over your life. Depression... Any sickness is not of God, we know that. Um, depression particularly is definitely um, attributed directly to the enemy, without a doubt. I was um, in um, Graham and Jean's life group, home group, as it was then. And we were talking about these things one of the evenings um, and Jean and Graham said you know you don't have to accept it and I was like what do you mean accept it <laughs> you know it is or it isn't is, is how I thought and they said you don't have to accept it you have to pray against it yeah. and that night I went home and I prayed, I was in bed and I was praying, God, I don't know how to pray this. I just can't cope with this anymore. I can't cope with this blackness, this darkness. It takes part of my life away. It affects my family, it affects my friends. Lord, I just need you to work. I just need you to help me in this. And when we humble ourselves like that, God cannot, he can't help himself he has to answer us. Um, and that night, I had a dream. God speaks to me in dreams um, quite frequently. And this night, I was in bed in my dream. I was lying on my side. And I felt the presence of the enemy in my dream. It's not the first time. Um, and I'm lying there. In my dream, I'm awake, and I'm just praying, God, help me, help me, God, help me, help me. I didn't know how to pray out scripture in my dreams then. Um, and as I'm praying, God, help me, God, help me, this black mass came off of my shoulders, and it slid across the bed 
onto the floor and it went out of the door and it's never come back. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Because when we humble ourselves and we ask him and we cry out to him, he cannot help but answer us. And any sickness is not of God. He doesn't want us to be in pain. He doesn't want us to be depressed. He doesn't want us to be hampered in any, any way whatsoever. Um, so, <clears throat> that was the starting point of a big journey for me of learning about um, the spiritual battle. I was very much a, a physical person working in the physical world. <laughs> I thought all of that sort of stuff was for somebody else. <laughs> and the reality is, it's for all of us. Because if we want to walk in freedom, then we have to face that there's a spiritual battle. And we have to be involved in that. We can't sit on the, on the, on the edges of life expecting other people to do it for us. Because if we do that, we're not going to have true freedom for ourselves. Now, I walk in complete freedom now. I walk in freedom from um, the abuse I had as a child. I walk in freedom from depression. I walk in freedom from the words spoken over me as a child. We have to fight this fight. You know, we have to do it. It's no good sitting on the boundaries anymore. If we want to be filled, if we want to be full of joy, if we want all of those things that the Holy Spirit wants to bless us with, we have to be involved. Um, So going back to Jesus saying, I have overcome the world. I think that is the most fantastic piece of scripture. What a reassurance that no matter what happens to us, We can find our peace in Jesus Christ. Now, he paid a huge price for us. A huge price. You know when you go to a shop and you buy something, and then you pay a price and you come out with it? We cannot even begin to imagine the price Jesus paid for us. We are expensive, and we are valuable to him. And we, you know, we just have to ask for that peace. He overcame, he defeated the world by being on that cross, by being nailed to that cross for us. How do we find it? How do we find the peace that surpasses our own understanding? (laughs) We need to have solid foundations. And the way we have solid foundations is by A, spending time with him, getting to know him, getting to know the character of God so that we can trust him absolutely 100%. Um, Sorry. (laughs) We need to, and I know I haven't used many scriptures yet, I do apologize, but we need to read this thing. Because this thing, this living word of God, is what gives us our foundations Because every word in here is true. It's truth. We read the truth. We get the truth down into our heart. It's not just a head thing. Um, We get the truth down into our heart. And that gives us our foundation. And if we have strong foundations... I don't use computers, by the way. I don't know if you noticed. (laughs) 
If we have strong foundations, no matter what storm comes along, you're not going to be washed away. Now, when I was a teenager, the storms came along. Um, so the world was pulling. You know, I was 18 years old and the world pulls. Um, and I hadn't learned to read the Bible. In five years, nobody had said to me how important it was to read the Bible, um, to get to know who God was. I was relying on other people to tell me who God was. So um, when the storms came along and I heard people um, backbiting about other people at church, saying horrible things about, you know, the worship leader. Sorry, Ian. They're not, not, in, not in this church. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I was 18 and I was disillusioned. You know, I had had the absolute joy of finding who Jesus was and having that light fill me up. Um, and I was, I was passionate for him. He was amazing. And then all these Christians, so-called Christians in my head now, because they're not behaving as Christians should. They're talking about each other and they're backbiting and they're gossiping and et cetera, et cetera. I thought, I don't need that. And I walked away. So I lost 16 years of Jesus He didn't lose me. He kept his hand on me. I've got many, many testimonies about that. Um, Yeah, he never took his hand off me, but I lost 16 years. Um, So, you know, if you teach your children nothing else, teach them how important it is to read the Bible, to get to know who God really is. Um, So I'm not a theologian. Um, I definitely haven't got all the answers. But I do know that you can live a joy-filled life, full of blessings, no matter what storm you're in. No matter what pain you're in, no matter what suffering you're going through. So, for me personally, my family are not saved yet, and that causes me pain. Um, you know, I pray without, without ceasing for their salvation, and I believe that it will happen. But at the moment, they're not saved, and that causes me pain. And I pray about it. Um, other causes of pain, you know, when you, when you lose the, the love of your life, and when they go to heaven, it's, it's a reality, isn't it? And if we're not prepared for how to deal with that, that storm could wash us away from Jesus. You know, we've got excellent examples in our church of how to do Grieving with dignity and keeping that love of Jesus in your heart. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that example. Um, I, I think no matter what your issue is, no matter what your pain, your suffering, just ask somebody to come alongside you. Somebody that has got spiritual wisdom and maturity and will speak truth. Um, the, the truth of suffering um, is that we, although we don't necessarily cause our own suffering, um, we'd be kind of big-headed almost to think that we wouldn't go through anything because if Jesus, who we know was sinless and was perfect, went through pain and suffering on a huge scale, 
then it would be kind of odd if we didn't experience it too because we're not sinless and we're not perfect. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is the cause of pain and suffering is immaterial. It doesn't really matter, the cause. It's how we behave within it that's important. You can either have a why-me attitude or a use-me attitude. And if I spent my life having a pity party and asking God, why me all the time? He wouldn't be able to use me the way he uses me. You know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to work through me if I spent the whole time going, oh, why me? It's always me. It's not fair. <laughs> you know, I just... <sighs> there's no time for it. There's no time for the why me. You know, the time is use me. You know, I... I <laughs> I've got a lot of experience about different pains and, and everything else. So God, use me. Bring people into my life who I can help through their pain. You know, um, I, I was dreadfully abused as a child. Um, but God used it. You know, he's used that. And I've been able to help so many people, not maybe Christians, but people that I've worked with who somehow suddenly find themselves confiding in me, <laughs> you know, X, Y, Z. And I can speak into their life and I can say, you know, those are lies. Those, those things that have been said over you, they're lies. And, you know, if you want to find out a bit more about the truth, come to church. I did invite lots of people today, <laughs> but nobody wanted to come. Um, I, I have um, struggled in my, in my early days uh, with becoming spiritually mature. And I am very grateful that we have um, very graceful pastors. Um, because they have guided me, even when I was really, really, really immature. And they didn't judge me. They loved me, and they were graceful. Um, and it taught me so much. So I thank you for that. Um, it's so important not to make any pain and suffering an excuse for not growing in our spiritual life. So, for instance, if you sit at home and go... Well, I can't change because I was abused as a child. I can't help others because I'm in pain every day. I can't help others because I've got so much arthritis I can't move. Or I couldn't possibly forgive that person because, you know, what they did was so awful. When we all know that forgiveness is actually about releasing us, not, not excusing what was, ha what, what was done. And I love it when Pastor Paul says, because they are lies from the very pit of hell. And those, those things that you can sit at home and say about yourself are lies. 
And they are lies from the pit of hell because in Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And remember, alongside that, we have been set free by Jesus' victory on the cross. In John 8.36, it says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And in Galatians 5.1, I didn't give this one to you, Dan, sorry. Um, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And you know, the the lies of the enemy, uh, they just just want to make you a slave. They just want to entangle you and entwine you and not, not, not let you do all the things that God wants you to do. You know, God wants you to be a powerful woman or man of God. He wants you to be out there helping other people. He wants you to be a light in the darkness. And the world is so dark. We have to ignore the lies from the enemy. We have to know the word of God and what isn't the word of God. And the only way we can do that is by reading the word of God. So I make a daily choice to be free, to be strong and at peace and not to be enslaved by the lies of the the enemy. Now, I need a volunteer. (laughs) Oh, Annie, well done. Right, I have got a big... (laughs) Okay, in here, I have got causes of pain and suffering... Okay? Now, I like this one. This one, okay? This one is mine. Was mine. Um, this is the big ball of child abuse. There you go. Okay, so here we've got another one. Um, I'm going to give you a bit of, uh, I don't know, what about cancer? Yeah? Oh, I don't want that. Yep. Um, What about your work colleague who you heard was talking about you behind your back? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, what about this one? What about this one? Uh, That's that's the big lie that sometimes you feel like you're not a good mum. Yeah, you haven't got got enough time. No, I haven't got enough time. Oh, then we've got, oh, I don't know, family members? Yeah. Yeah, put those in there. Um, what else? What else causes us pain and suffering in our life? Anybody? Grief. Well, that's quite a big one, actually. I should have put that one in first. There we go. Uh, what else? Um, insults. Fear. Yeah, fear. What are you scared of? Scared of the dark? No. There we go. Oh, you're a bit rubbish, aren't you? There we go. You'll have a couple more of those. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, you, you are full pain and suffering. Yeah. So God wants to throw you a blessing. 
Not only is God a rubbish thrower, <laughs> but if you are full of pain and suffering, um, you can't catch God's blessing. So I want you to forgive your mum. This is me. Forgive your mum for the abuse. You notice little ones fell away as well. Because when you get rid of some of the big ones, some of the little ones just fall away naturally. (laughs) So, let's try again. So God wants to throw you a blessing. Yeah. And when God blesses you, more of the pain and suffering falls away. And then you get more blessings. And um, and more blessings and blessings. Because God just wants to keep on doing this all the time. And then you have to get rid of that one (laughs) and that one. So that is my demonstration. (laughs) If you hold on to the pain and the suffering, you can't catch the blessings that God wants to heap on you. He just wants to pile it on you. So, key points. Um, Just a bit of a drink. How do you get through pain and suffering? So, not in any particular order. Number one, you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Hebrews 12.2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. When we keep our eyes fixed on him, he naturally becomes more in our lives. And as he becomes more, we and our problems become less. Uh, number two, focus on others. A very wise lady, our beautiful Jean, um, is now in heaven with our, with our beautiful Jesus. She once gave me some really sound advice, and actually she gave me sound advice many, many times. She was a very wise lady. I asked her how she coped living in so much pain all the time. She had crippling arthritis that I think it was 60 years she was in pain, Graham. Yeah, 60 years. And her reply was, Rachel, I focus on helping others, and that helps me forget about the pain. Number three, remember that God needs to prune us so that we can produce fruit in abundance. John 15, 1 and 2. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, while every branch that bears fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And who doesn't want to have a life full of fruit? I want want the biggest fruit basket you've ever seen. (laughs) Um, And that, if you want to find out where they are, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And number four... Number four, read your Bible. It contains everything you need to help in your day-to-day life. It teaches us, it guides us, it grows us, it comforts us, it disciplines us. Now, I have recently been gifted a study Bible. My first study Bible, and it's just incredible. So using the index and the concordance... And it's just like, it opens out like another Bible. 
It's amazing. I know I'm teaching grandmas to suck eggs now, but um, I just I just love how um, the more you read the Word of God, the hungrier you get for the Word of God. So the more you feed yourself on his daily word, the hungrier you get and the more you want to read and the more he shows you and the more you learn and the more you want to read. And it's just, it's just amazing. It's such a blessing. How blessed are we in this country? We can go out and buy Bibles. We can, we can have them on audio book. We can, you know, it's endless. You know, we have a Bible available to us pretty much every single minute of every day unlike people in other countries. <clears throat> so yes, don't just have it in your bookshelf. Don't let it ca- gather dust. Read it. Um, I need to find them, page 11. Okay. So the last piece of scripture I have... Uh, before I go on to the next lot, (laughs) is Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And you know what? It doesn't matter how awful life gets or how awful life has been, God always brings good out of it. Always. Um, I, when I, when I um, walked away from God, I met a, a young man, and we got married. Now, he was not God's choice for me, because he wasn't a Christian. So looking back, I now know that he wasn't God's choice for me. He wasn't God's choice for me. Also, because he wasn't, at that time, the biblical husband that I wanted. So for, trying to work it out, I don't know if it's 20 or 25 years, my wonderful husband um, was unfaithful to me, which made me very, 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 very sad. It broke my heart over and over and over and over and over again. Um, but, you know, God brought good out of it. Because even before God worked a miracle in his heart, he broke a generational sin in my family. And that was for three generations any marriage hadn't been, hadn't sustained. And though, you know, my mum, my grandma, my grandma, um, and, you know, generational, generational sin is a thing. Now, God brought good out of my marriage, even though he wasn't, Colin wasn't who God chose for me, but we broke that generational sin. That sin is, bro- that is broken. That curse is broken in Jesus' name. And that was because, <laughs> because of God. 
And because of faithful prayer by Graham and Jean, they prayed for my marriage every single day. From the moment they knew that my marriage wasn't right in God's eyes, they prayed for my marriage every single day. And God worked a miracle in Colin's heart. And not only did he did God restore my marriage, he restored it to a biblical level. Now, considering that Colin isn't a Christian yet, that is a miracle beyond miracles. And I thank God every day um, that he can work miracles in people that are not yet saved. Because of my faith, because of my obedience, and because of faithful prayer, God worked that miracle. Um, so I've got one minute and three seconds. Okay. So blessings, storms, and tithing. Okay. I wanted to get in about tithing and blessings because it's so important. You know, if you want to walk fully in God's blessings, you have to live biblically. And the Bible tells us to give our first 10% to God. Now, I have done that faithfully for I don't know how many years. Through COVID, through everything, I've tithed. But I also, and somebody very wise in this room told me about doing this years and years ago, I bless more than 10%. So I tithe 10% and I bless more than 10%. So I don't earn a great deal of money, but... (laughs) Do you know, God blesses my socks off. He gives me back more than what I give out. If not double, more, you know, it's, it, I cannot, sorry, <laughs> I cannot say how important enough it is to tithe. You know, because when you give God your first 10%, he will he will just bless you beyond what you can understand. Back in February, our mortgage went up £67 a month. In the same week, I got a a message from our energy supplier saying they were um, putting our payments down £67 a month. (laughs) I haven't heard of anybody else who've had their energy payments put down. (laughs) So, yeah, so that's, that's one of the blessings that I've had. Recently went into a cake shop to buy two cakes and a drink. And the lady on the other side of the counter said, oh, I'm not going to charge you for that cake because it's been in the window since this morning. <laughs> Walking in God's... I mean, I don't care how big the blessings are. <laughs> you know, free cake is free cake, isn't it? So, yes, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end on that... Um, Thank you for listening to me being a bit disjointed, not being quite as flowing as I wanted it to be. Um, Yeah, thank you.